When the big wireless carriers start trying to get you to splurge your tax return on the latest nonsense this year, just tune it out. With Straight Talk Wireless, you can get a Samsung Galaxy A51 for just $199 on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, available at Walmart. Savings may vary. See straighttalk.com. Hey, Heed Nation. Welcome back to Here's Gonna Heed. And welcome back to yet another episode of our Division Rivals 2019-2020 season preview series. Uh, we've already done the Atlanta Hawks and the Washington Wizards. Today, this is Jorge Cantu, uh, joined as always by Richard Anselmo and Kyle Russell. And we're here to talk about <clears throat> the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> How are you feeling today, guys? <laughs> this is going to be tough to get through. Uh, I'm just trying to bring him his approach. I mean, all all respect to the Hornets fans, I really do feel bad for y'all. This is this is gonna be a rough year. Yeah, I I, I made my best to you know make a, a an energizing intro, just being a little bit optimistic. But man, is it hard to be optimistic with this type of roster, with this type of payroll? I I, I don't know. It feels like this team lost everything they had with Kemba Walker leaving in free agency. And that's, you know, that's devastating for him. But, uh, well, today we're here to discuss uh, the Hornets. I mean, there's only so much we can discuss when the, the matchups are expected to be very lopsided. But, hey, hey, they're part of our division and they deserve some, they deserve some attention too. Let's give some, some love to the Hornets and Hornets fans for sticking even in the hardest of times. So are y'all ready to get into this? Yep. Are you let's sure? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get it. Just before we start, quick reminder to all of our listeners, you can follow us on Twitter at Heaters Heating, where of course we'll be posting all of our new episodes, Heat News, info, everything you need to know as a Heat fan. And as for the platforms in which you can listen this podcast to, you can find us on iTunes, Blog Talk Radio, otgbasketball.com, and more. And once again, a quick reminder that if uh, you're interested or you want to support the Heaters Gonna Heat podcast, you can do it by copying one of our Heaters Gonna Heat t-shirts. The link to to the store is available in the description. And if you use the code OTG5, that's a discount code you can use for $5 off your uh, purchase. So if, if you want to support us, you can do it through that medium. We're really grateful for all the support we've received thus far. And that's yet another way to do it. So uh, th thanks for that. Now, getting into the Hornets talk first, I think... I really cannot stress enough, and I mean, this is no secret, of course, but the Hornets, losing Kemba Walker was a very, very, very big blow. They somehow managed to finish above the heat, right above the heat in the standings. I'm pretty sure we had the exact same record, but due to them winning the the, the division, uh, I mean, we went two and two, but point differential, there was a criterion there that put them at nine and uh, left us at 10, even though we were tied. Am I right? Yeah. It had to do with um, inter-division inter play. Next. All right. Oh, right. That's the next criterion, right? Because we, for whatever reason, we did terrible. Seems like yeah. the Magic were the Warriors and the Hornets were the Rockets and, and uh, the Wizards. Well, maybe not the Wizards, but it seemed like we were just facing crazy teams and the <laughs> Southeast division. I think it's pretty fair to say that it's the weakest in the NBA. Even to the, even coming into this season once again, 
But the Hornets, man, they're just a different kind of week <laughs> this year. I mean, losing Kemba, they're left with a bunch of veterans, with a bunch of very bad contracts, and with a bunch of young and unproven players that are hungry and looking for something. Any thoughts on what uh, on the current state of the Charlotte Hornets, guys? Yeah, this is... The situation they're in now is, is a culmination of years of bad drafting and bad contracts. It's not that the players they took were all bad, because Walker definitely wasn't. But almost every other player they drafted, I mean, I'm looking at Zeller and Kid Gilchrist and Kaminsky, probably could have been drafted eight or nine picks later, each one. And they reached for players they thought would fit. When they didn't fit, they went the free agent and trade route and really overpaid some people. Mm -hmm. And that's why the roster's in the shape it's in now. They lost their obvious best player, and this is what they're basically stuck with. They don't have a lot to work with. Yeah, kind of building upon that, um, I mean, like, the, the short story of it is essentially they went 39-43 and 43 in the Eastern Conference, obviously missing the playoffs, and they lost their best player without replacing him. I mean, this is, it's an absolute disaster, and, and then building upon that as well, specifically talk about the whole Walker-leaving thing, was just, just the optics of, you know, Walker didn't walk into the summer wanting the Supermax, per se, because he wanted them to have some money, but they wouldn't even offer him the regular max. Uh, so just just the optics surrounding this of Michael Jordan, the owner, looking like a penny pincher that doesn't want to spend any luxury tax is going to cripple, I would imagine, would cripple them in the future in terms of free agents. And, yeah, like I said, the draft picks are terrible. It's, it's just, personally, I had them as the 15th in the East next season for good reason. No, and I mean, just once again, building up on, on, on what you guys said, just think about this. I, I just made the, you know, the, the, the math. They're paying a combined $91.9 million to five players. And those five players are Nick Batum, Terry Rozier, Bismack Biombo, and Marvin Williams. Oh, and Cody Zeller as well. So think about it. All of this money for guys that are not even borderline all-stars in a weak Eastern Conference, Man, that's terrible, and it's just so so contradictory because you think about this. Mr. Jordan doesn't want to pay any luxury tax, but he somehow has allowed the team to make very, 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 very bad decisions contract-wise. I mean, they, they they weren't responsible for signing Bismack Biyombo, but they they had a couple of bad contracts in there that they traded for him. So they're, you know, the, this is just a reflection of the irresponsible spending and the overspending, right? That, uh, that the team has done over the, the last couple of years. And to me, it's just funny that he's been avoiding the luxury tax all this time, and yet the team is still in disaster. You ex you'd expect this guy to have a team with very, you know, a poor roster, but with a bunch of, of cap space, probably acquire some assets that way. But that's not even the case. They're they're capped out with uh, with five or six players and just filling out the roster with young guys and, and rookies. <laughs> that's not really a winning formula for any NBA franchise. And they're even capped out into well, not necessarily capped out, but they're they have very limited cap space even next year as well. So it's like this is going to be a multi-year rebuild they're looking at. Would you say, Kyle, they have the worst cap situation of any team in the league after this season? 
In terms of value for their cap, yes, absolutely. Yeah, because then you think about the Wizards. <laughs> but I think before this season, the Heat was even in the conversation for worst cap management. I, I think that that's a pretty fair assessment. Now that we have turned all of this cap mess into Jimmy Butler and uh, you know all of the moves that we did, we've gone down a couple of of uh, of spots. But I, but but I have to agree. I think when it comes to just the value from contracts and from the cap you're getting, it, it can't get much worse. I mean, the Wizards at least they'll have. John Wall, who is a multi-time All-Star, pending, of course, we'll, we're yet to see how he returns. Uh, the, the OKC Thunder, I mean, excuse me, the Houston Rockets, who traded uh, for Russell Westbrook, I mean, they might not have that much space, but, man, they have a bunch of talent. At least they're getting some value out of it. So, yeah, the Hornets are in a terrible position. You, what, what do you say, Rich? You think the Hornets are the worst team in this aspect as well? I agree with what Kyle said. That situation is terrible, and it looks like it will be down the road. They don't even have a star to show for it anymore. As bad as the Wizards situation is, at least they still have Beal. Mm-hmm. Yep. But this is bad. This is just bad. They have a lot of guys who will never play up to their value. Guys who just can't. And even players like Batum, who's on a big contract would probably be better with another team in a lesser role. Right. And would probably a better fit than he is here, where he's asked to do a little more than he can do. Probably a lot more. Mm-hmm. No, uh, th- uh, 100%. And this team, you know, from the roster to the fit to the contracts, everything is just bad. And, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we don't want to sound <laughs> off like, like mean people, but it's just when you compare them to the rest of the NBA, they're they're probably they're probably going to be the worst team, and maybe by quite some by quite a margin, next season. And I mean, you go back into into last season, and we have talked about our matchups with the with the uh, with the other rivals, with the Hawks and with the Wizards. We spent some time talking about our matchups last season, but when you think about it, it was pretty much a one man show. It was a Kemba Walker show. And that's why, well, I don't think there, there is that much of a point in discussing what happened last season when they're in a completely different situation. They're screwed. The roster is not built for any type of success, and they're capped out. I mean, the, it, it's not really comparable. But I did, I, I did hear, Kyle, you wanted to point out a couple of interesting aspects from two of the wins that, um, that Miami had over the Hornets last season. Yeah, so last season, like the four matches we had, two were at the beginning of the season in October, one of which was like a Kimber Walker game. Like he said, he went off for 39 points. Um, the other one was we just kind of got the mess beat out of us. A lot of people contributed into it. But as for the two wins, they both came in March, which as we know, March is where we did the switch from um, Bam starting over Whiteside. Although I did want to shout out, though, that the March 6th, that was a somewhat memorable game. That was the one where Whiteside went off in the fourth quarter, had um, his final game stats were 18 points, 15 rebounds, four blocks. So that was, a, it was you know, that once, one every now and then Whiteside game you get where he just <laughs> looks like an absolute world beater. And you're like, oh, my God, please do this all the time. And then he does it for the next three games. But that's why he's not on the roster anymore. And then yeah, the the set, uh, March seventeenth that was just an an abysmal game, ninety three to seventy five total, where we just busted out in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, for the most part, looking through this, um, aside from the Walker game, like we we did a good job of keeping him in check afterwards. And just, yeah, it's just not going to be a competition. I don't 
see it being a competition next year without him. He was the only reason they, they had some semblance. I agree completely. <laughs> yep. I guess there's just there's not that much else to add. No no need to dive into the stats because that's going to say screaming Kemba Walker is the only reason that the, the that the Hornets won two games. Well, I mean in the second game, I guess you can you know it, it was an overall team effort because of course Kemba cannot do everything, but he he did receive some help from from his teammates. But the rest of the you know the rest of the games it was just Kemba showing off, and I mean that's what the guy does. But he's gone. And uh, the, he's not there to bail them out anymore. So it's going to be very interesting to see how many games can the, the Hornets win next season. Quick prediction. How many games do, do you think the Hornets are going to win next season, Rich? Maybe 20, 25 on the high end. Um, and I see Cleveland sitting there going, oh, we can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you can top it competing between themselves. I, I think it's going to be a contest between those two. Kyle, who do you, how many games do you think the Hornets are going to win? Yeah, I'm I'm thinking in the same ballpark as Rich, like the 20 to 25 range. Um, with the with the way that the lottery odds are kind of flattened out now for the lower picks, there's not as much incentive to really tank hard. So I think like 20 25 and just kind of hang around Cleveland is, is what's going to end up happening. Yeah, I think I'll stick with the under 23. I'll, I'll stick with the under-23 mark. Let, let's see how we do uh, by the end of the season. But, I mean, we still have to play four games against these guys. So, you know, <laughs> there's some coverage to be made, of course. Uh, why don't we move on to the position versus position matchups next season, which is going to be a disaster for the Hornets. But, hey, let's uh, let's see how we do. First, let's start with the point guard battle. We have Mr. Terry Rogier, their new signee, and the guy who is supposed to replace or at least replace half of what Kemba Walker was doing. Uh, it's going to be Terry Rozier versus Justice Winslow. Thoughts on Rozier? Uh, he'll replace him in the lineup, but he won't take his player. <laughs> but he won't replace him. They There's not any experience depth there. Rozier is still not a finished product, in my opinion. He's, he's very impatient with the ball. He doesn't always get other people involved. I was kind of hoping Tony Parker would stay for another year and teach him how to play point. Right now, his backup mm -hmm. is probably going to be Devontae Graham, who's a rookie. <laughs> Same age, but he's a rookie. Right. And I, there's just not a lot there. I, I think that's, that's a matchup that definitely favors the Heat. Yeah, uh, Scary Terry's got a he's got a good reputation, but for the most part, I mean, there was a reason why Boston was fine letting him walk. They kind of kept him on as as insurance for Irving in case he went down. But once they traded up to Walker, they were fine letting him go, and for good reason. Um, offensively, like if we're talking just kind of head to head, uh, I think Winslow can keep up with them on the offensive end, and then defensively, I mean, we know Winslow can shut him down. So it's Pretty, pretty cut and dry to me, Winzo, for the win. Yeah, maybe this following comparison is a bit odd, but I see Rozier as kind of like the point guard version of J.R. Smith. You know, if he, if he starts hitting a couple of shots, win. yeah, if he starts hitting a couple of shots, then game over because he'll remain hot the rest of the game. But if you can cool him off from the beginning, 
he's going to start shooting less, obviously, because he, he's going to start missing more and just getting nervous and his uh, weaknesses start to show out. So, yeah, I mean, I think that this, this one matchup should be pretty favorable for Miami. But still, it's worth noting that I do think Rozier is going to get some valuable minutes uh, throughout the season to further develop his game. And, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying he's going to have a bad season. I, I, I really hope the best for him because he did have a nice stretch during the playoffs two years ago with, uh, with the Celtics. And I think he does deserve a bit more of an opportunity. Maybe this is way too big of an opportunity considering the, well, his age and his experience. But I mean, hey, he'll 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 take what he's what, what he has, and uh, I I just wish the best for him. Next up at the shooting guard spot, we expect Mr. Nicholas Batum, the twenty-five million dollar man, to start at the two position against Dion Waiters, and I think this is kind of like an interesting matchup. Batum can play a little defense. That's something he has always been good at. He'll hit a shot if he's open. But he can play a little defense. The problem is, even with the the size advantage, when you're guarding someone like Deion Waiters, he's going to score if he's hot. No matter who you have on him. And he's going to make the most ridiculous shots to do it. <laughs> I kind of think that's an advantage to the Heat. Although I do like what Malik Monk brings, but he's very inexperienced. And he was kind of a disaster last year on the defensive end. But a lot of young players are. Yep, I guess Monk is a wild card to start uh, behind Batum if things get bad or if Nick Batum somehow gets traded. But yeah, with the contract, it's hard to see the Hornets not going the veteran route in here. Kyle, thoughts on this matchup? Uh, I'm leaning towards Dion with this. Yeah, I do think Batum can can do something to slow him down just because, you know, mix of size and being a bit more of a veteran. But for the most part, like, waiters, like, once he gets going, he's going. And all the signs, at least the social media signs, the offseason signs, whatever that's worth to you, says that waiters is coming in this season, gonna, and in his mind, he's going to light the league on fire. Um, and then on the other end, I can, I mean, if Waiters is as good a shape as he is and playing in Miami system, if he still expects to get good minutes, he's going to defend. And Batum, I mean, I'm looking at it, he's never been like a terribly great scorer, so I can imagine we can leave Waiters on him, no problem. Yeah, I, I will have to disagree with, with, with you here. I, I mean, as much as I love the Heat, and I, I, I'm not trying to be pessimistic or anything, but I, I really won't believe that Dion Waiters getting hot in the summer thing until I see it in the regular season. And I do think Batum is a more skilled offensive player than most people give him credit for. I remember his Portland days. I think that was the perfect, kind of like the perfect role for him because he had Damian Lillard and, um, and, and LaMarcus Aldridge, whom he would play off from. And as Rich said, starting today's show, it's um, it the, the the situation right now is way too different because right now he's just thrust into the spotlight and expected to be their leading scorer, and uh, that that's just not how things work. You know, if you don't got it, you don't got you just don't yeah you just don't got it. And but but I do think that Batum has a chance to get the best out of this matchup. Of course, it all depends on how Dion comes back this season. But I, I think that at least uh, Batum is a, a little bit more consistent and has that uh, triple-double upside as a small forward, well, now mm -hmm. playing as a two. 
that I do like what he brings to the table. So I am leaning slightly towards Batum in this one matchup. Any comments on on on, on this matchup before we, we move on? Uh, fair. Yeah. Right. Uh, we're moving on to the small forward spot. We expect Mile Bridges to start, but uh, we cannot um, count out uh, Dwayne Bacon. We don't know what uh, James Borrego is going to do, so that's a possibility. But at least we expect Mr. Miles Bridges to start, and that's pretty much game over because he's facing Jimmy Butler. <laughs> what are you thinking on this, Rich? This is a one hundred percent advantage to the. <laughs> 100%. And I think Bridges is one of the few decent draft picks they've made. And they took him at a pretty good spot. He is very young. You also have Dwayne Bacon, who's very young. And Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who's been around seven years but never really established himself. This is their deepest position. But I don't see a lot there. And Bridges is going to be as good as... Who gets him the ball in transition? And that's another question I have here. So, yeah, this great is a point right there. major advantage to the Heat. Great, great point right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, he's he did solid for, for a rookie last season. But, I mean, this is a, a player going into his second year versus Jimmy Butler. I mean, it's... You can't really do the comparison. It's not, it's not, a, it's not fair to Bridges, if we're being honest. But now he he showed some good stuff just looking at his stats. So if Charlotte wants to lead into the rebuild, they would be smart to give Bridges a ton of minutes and just seeing seeing how what how how high a level can he get to. So, but even then, it's it's going to be uh, the Heat and Butler all the way for this position. Yeah, I'm 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 hundred percent with you guys. And something very important that that Rich said is is uh, Bridges, or whoever starts at small forward, we expect it to be Bridges, but he's going to be as good as how often he gets the ball and how often he is properly set up by Rogier and Batum, which is a big question at, at this point. But he does have the potential. Again, I also like what he did in his rookie se- season. But, I mean, unless you're Kawhi Leonard or Paul George type of defender, you're not going to hang around with uh, with, with Butler much. So, yeah, un- unfair comparison, but he's going to get or whoever decides to guard him is getting destroyed plain and simple not not, not much uh, else we can say here go deeper uh, moving on to the power forward spot we expect uh, veteran Marvin Williams to start we did see Michael Kidd Gilchrist get a couple of starts at the four last year and he was eh, decent still hard to buy into whatever of a career he's got left with his lack of shooting and Everything I do like what he brings on the defensive end, but still, uh, I, I expect the Hornets, and I think we all of us expect the Hornets to stick with the stretch big, one of the OG stretches, f- stretch fours, Marvin Williams, who is going to be facing fellow stretch four Kelly Olynyk, or so we, we expect it to be. So, uh, how do you expect the, this matchup to go? I think this is the closest matchup of the five. Yep, and I still have to go with Olynyk. They're both stretch players, but. Olenek is more consistent from deep. And Marvin Williams' whole game to me is just, it's, you know, we've had 13 years to look at this guy. (laughs) It's the same thing. Once every four games, five games, he has a pretty decent game. And you think, oh, yeah, that's right. He's a decent player. And the other times, it's like Marvin Williams to me is like a bowl of plain oatmeal. It's never going to be good until you doctor it up. 
and that's all his game is. I hope P.J. Washington gets some minutes there. Yep. And just like Kyle said on the last one, give a young player some minutes, especially in a rebuilding mode. And I thought P.J. Washington was a good value pick for them in this year's draft. And I'd rather see him get some of Williams' minutes. Either way, I'm going to give the advantage to Olenek. No, all fair, all fair. Um, yeah, I'm also looking at it. For Marvin Williams, he's he's getting into his mid-30s now, so this will be his age 33 season next season. Um, and it's Olenek, you know, he doesn't necessarily look at all the time, but he's still a, a relatively young player. He hasn't even really hit his prime yet. So I agreed with earlier that this is probably the closest matchup, um, but even then I still lean towards Olenek for the consistency perspective, as well as just the, the age part as well. Um and kind of like with Rich, I think that they would be better off probably playing P.J. Washington and, and leaning more into, all right, let's see what we can get out of the draft picks. Marvin Williams isn't going to be around at any point when, when the Hornets are trying to be relevant again. Yep. Nope, I agree 100%. And uh, I think Williams is going to have a much harder time because, Rich, uh, you, you said something very interesting right there, and it's every four or five other games, Williams would go off and score 20 on six made three-pointers. But think about this. That was only possible because of how much attention Kemba Walker garnered. It, it, if it's not for the double teams and for all of the you know, defenders trying to cut him off uh, from, from uh, getting hotter and hotter, Williams doesn't get open on the corner because that's pretty much all he does. He stands on the corner, somewhere around the three-point line, and he's a, I mean, he's a sack of potatoes otherwise. The, the movement is not there. He's older. His, his best days are way behind. And I do think that at least with Kelly, you have the hard screen setting. You have the diving for loose balls. You have the... Active uh, off-ball defense, you have the rebounding, the better three-point shooting, and even though it's the closest one out of, out of them all, this one, for me, it still easily goes to Miami for, for all the reasons you, you detail, both of you. And uh, finally, moving on to the last uh, position battle at the center spot is going to be Bam Adebayo versus, I mean, either Tyler, I mean, ex excuse me, Cody Zeller, I keep confusing him with his brother, is going to be either Cody Zeller or the $17 million man, Bismack Biyombo. Either one of them. Uh, what do you expect from this matchup against Bam? This is totally Bam. And I'm going to do this one without any food references. <laughs> uh, whether it's Zeller or Biyombo, Zeller does not have the lateral quickness of the footwork to stay with Biyombo on the post. Biombo's a better shot blocker, better rebounder, and a better defender. I'm sorry, Biombo. Bam. <laughs> it's a better shot blocker, better defender, better rebounder. I think he would eat Zeller's lunch. As far as Biombo goes, <laughs> he won't be able to play Bam for 26 minutes a night without fouling out. Um, neither of their centers are athletic enough to move like that. And Hernan Gomez is the third guy, and he can't guard anyone. He can score. <laughs> he just can't guard anyone. That's why he's bounced around. I think this is, um, I think this is Bams all the way. Yeah. So I mean, like one way to kind of 
reframe this argument is is we know who our center is and it's a debate who there is so that kind of should tell you who's got the better center to begin <laughs> right <with. laughs> that's um, a great point yeah yeah if you're talking between those two um i mean they're both roughly the same age uh, i would probably lean a little bit more towards zella just because he's on the books for another year and maybe they want to see what uc's for i really can't tell you too much more beyond that but uh, otherwise, I mean, we we expect a lot from Bam next season. We already we already know his floor, and his floor looks better than either of these guys. So, this looks like a que- clean sweep, five for five for Miami. Yep. No, no discussion here. Bam, bam, all the way. And this is going to be bad for the Hornets, not only against the Heat, but against pretty much every team. And uh, we would be lying if we said we expect anything else other than a sweep. For this upcoming season in the in the well season series, it should be four and zero, and there is just no way around it. Am I right? Absolutely, I don't see this as as any kind of a series. The Heat should sweep this. There's always that problem you worry about not taking teams seriously enough, taking them too lightly, especially if this team starts off being the dumpster fire we all feel they're going to be. You still can't take a night off against them. That's the only way I think the Heat lose. And I don't think Spo lets that happen anyway. Yeah, adding to that, you made a good point. Like, these are, we, I mean, we've cracked a lot of jokes to them so far, but this is still an NBA team. They still have the NBA players. You can't just write the night off per se. You have to go in with the right mentality. And in addition to Spo, I'd also include Jimmy Butler in that as well. That he's he is if somebody's trying to slack off against the Hornets, he's going to kill them on the court immediately. Um, but yeah, as so long as we take this seriously, this this should be a sweep. It, it's one of those things like if we were to lose to the Hornets, that's like a red flag. That is something is wrong, and something needs to change. That that's how big the gap is right now. Yep. Yeah, you just cannot take these games for granted. I mean, as you said, this is still an NBA team and it still has NBA players and you still have to go out there and compete. We saw what happened last season when Miami didn't take teams seriously. Terrible losses and bad losses. But I mean, in case the Heat drops uh, one or two games against the Hornets this this season, I mean, I know we're fine because Jimmy Butler will, will just go ahead and bring the third stringers over and kill the starters just like that. So I'm, I'm not too worried about it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it should be should be a clean sweep all the way with all due respect to the Hornets and Hornets fans. But hey, I think we had uh, more fun th- th- than we expected talking about this team and just thinking about the endless possibilities that Miami has to uh, do great things on the court next season. It, it wasn't nearly as uh, miserable and boring and uh, everything as we thought it would would be i i had some decent fun same yeah it was fun <laughs> and um this is how we're closing out this week's episode uh really, really appreciate all the people that take the time to listen we're missing our very last uh, season preview uh, well division rival season preview against the orlando magic which is going to be i guess the most interesting out of the bunch be on the lookout for that one next week. Uh, but before we leave, uh, would you both of you like to remind everyone where we can find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter, uh, Rich A, R-I-C-H-A underscore N-B-A. 
SB Nation Radio, the NBA show, which is on every Wednesday night from 8 till 10 Eastern Time. I'm on there talking all about this stuff and trying not to tell too many bad jokes. <laughs> uh, along with this podcast, I've had a, another one that was very successful, but we're changing the format of it. That will be starting back up in September before preseason starts, and it will be called Scoops and Hoops. Oh, forward to doing that. Nice. And I'm also an NBA insider on Sports Byline USA. Very nice. Um, you can find me on Twitter at KBR Heat Nation, and then you can uh, catch everything that I'm writing either at OTG Basketball or Last Word on Pro Basketball. And you can find me on Twitter at Cantumba. That's C A N T U M B A. You can catch me every week on the Heaters Gonna Heat podcast. And man, we're 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 starting off hot once the season gets closer and 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 starts. It's going to be it's going to be a grind for Heaters Gonna Heat. So really, really be on the lookout for that. Big shout out to OTG Basketball, the Hot Take Marathon, and the rest of the OTGBasketball.com podcast network. Really, really good quality writing and quality podcasting in here so there's you know you, you don't have to look uh, for for if you're looking for more nba content there's uh, th- this is the, the the place to have it this is the best place to have it no, no doubt and uh, w- once again thank you to to all the people who take time to listen i think that's going to be it for this week am i missing anything nope sounds like you got it all covered agreed we good, all right. So a bit more excited to talk about the magic and the the future matchups next season. So uh, be be on the lookout for that one. We'll talk next week. Thank you, Heat Nation. Thank you. Have a great week, everyone. You have a good one. For all you foodies out there, I'm unwrapping a McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel. Ooh, look at this steak and the juice running down the side. Got a little bit on the wrapper here. Hmm. And then the fluffy egg and real cheese folded over the side looking just so good. Mm-mm. Grilled onions and a butter bagel too. Thumbs up for McDonald's steak, egg, and cheese bagel for breakfast. Love it. Mm. I participate in McDonald's.